the interesting thing that we're seeing is a lot of the folks that are native web three, they're like, I would love to work 75% of that annual salary and 75% of that time. So I could continue to build my side hustles, my other passions. And that compensation cool. a lot, like those are really interesting things. I mean, we haven't seen that be widespread yet, but those are a couple of the aha moments. I said, that is a future. We talk about the future of work. It's truly fractionalizing uh, to monetize your time. This episode is brought to you by Leap Consulting Solutions. Digitally transform your business the right way, the Leap way. Visit www.leapconsultingsolutions.com to find out more on how your business can build, change, and adopt technology the right way, the Leap way. This episode is brought to you by Kyla Partners. Kyla or Bullhorn's specialist and Bullhorn's first rehabilitation partner our solutions have helped 950 companies worldwide to streamline, automate, and customize to get the most out of Bullhorn. Our products provide you with tremendous ROI, including a complete document management system, Kylo Awesome Docs, and the most powerful data management tool in the ecosystem, Kylo Data Tools. To learn more, visit kylopartners.com. What's happening, Rob? Lauren, as always, it is, uh, it is good to be together. How are you doing? I am I am super fly. Um, we're going to spice things up a little bit. I'm super fly because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, we were recording this on Valentine's Day, a.k.a. my wife's birthday and a.k.a. Lauren's favorite holiday. Mm. You have no idea. The little blue box came this morning. You know, it's what I dream of oh every every year. And my Mr. little... Jones, I'm sorry. I know. He, but he's such, you know, he's very well-trained. Um, so after 25 years, I can without doubt Always count on my little blue bag every Valentine's Day. And it's not about that. I mean, if you're going to give me some Hallmark holiday that's dedicated to chocolate, kissing, and love, I am here for it. You know, my mom's favorite TV channel is the Hallmark, Hallmark channel, Hallmark which channel. is like massively disturbing in my brain. It has, it is a massive, all of their entertainment on Hallmark is, is massively weird. Uh, yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not lost for words on how to describe what she watches. Anyway, uh, guys, we're super excited to have a uh, pretty cool guest. Um, he is guest. Yeah, Wish. he's link LinkedIn famous, but I think for all the right reasons. Um, Mr. Adam, and I'm going to say the last name correctly. It's Posner. Posner, not to be confused with, with the Plaz cast. It's Posner. So right. let's get right, people. And he is the founder of NHP Talent, the co-founder of Probably Nothing Talent, and which is a web three. Probably Nothing is web three, Adam, right? And NHP, NHP is web, 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 two. web two. All right. Well, say hello. Sorry. I, I realized I, I didn't give you a chance to say. <laughs> well, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I, Rob and Lauren, I'm thrilled to be here. So a couple of quick observations here. One, first and foremost, it is Valentine's Day. I do not wear red on Valentine's Day. I like to wear black when I podcast. It's just kind of what I do here. Um, but my, my kids are dressed up and my daughter and Lauren are wearing identical earrings on that yes. case. Um, number two, which leads me to point three, the Hallmark channel is really good for one thing and one thing only, which is the single best television sitcom ever created, which is the golden girls, which yeah. my wife and I, fun fact, my wife and I fall asleep to every single night. Oh, are like, you kidding me? We fall asleep to the golden God. girls. Okay. So for Valentine's day, it's so funny. You bring up the golden girls. I said, Leslie McGree, now, you know, is kind of my bestie for the resty. Um, I sent her a Valentine's Day. 
had Ruth and Rose, the whole Golden Girls clan, and I said, that you can be the Ruth to my Rose anyway. Oh, uh, 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 you guys. Well, I love, I love that. Yeah. Well, just to finish that thought, my wife got me a a a Golden Girls Valentine's Day card, and then for Valentine's Day we don't, you know, we, we don't do Tiffany's. We do a little bit more because it's it's for the kids in our house, and we, mm-hmm. you know, if we find other ways to celebrate our love at Valentine's is cool. But we like to give a little sentimental gift. So this year I got her the full Golden Girls Mount Rushmore Chia Pet set. Right, got it's it. all their heads That's and it's a Chia amazing. Pet set. We'll so the Golden Girls is a theme. And it's a Hallmark holiday, and it all ties together. So let's do this. I'm happy well to, done. to chat. By the way, we fall asleep. We used to fall asleep to Archer. Archer was good, but cartoons are hard to fall asleep to. It's no opinion. longer on. It's no longer on Netflix, so we don't. It's it's on Netflix of other countries, by the way. It's just not in the U.S. Hmm. Right. Um. So now we fall asleep to Community. Community's oh. good. Okay. Side, side note, we just binged almost all of the Mindy Project, which I don't know how I I slept on that show or missed that show. The Mindy Project is. Phenomenal. Pospec. Pospec Mindy Project. All right. Got it. I All like right. that. All right. We digress. Yeah. Okay. So we love to teach on this podcast. And so our listeners come here to get little morsels of wisdom um, about the things in our industry. My hands are up. I swear. I think it's my elbows. I, I was hard elbows today, uh, Rob. Um <laughs> So uh, what I want, what we want to do today is really sort of demystify these differences between Web 2 and Web 3, make it a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, tangible for for our listeners, because I think oftentimes um, there's a ton of confusion around around the difference and 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 explain it to us, demystify. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's confusing because there's so much out there. And we really, you know, if you're not in this world like I am, you're really only hearing the, the bad stuff. You're really right. calling about the rug pulls and the SBF, uh, FTXs of the world, you know, stealing all the money there. But it really is the next wave of the future. So I think the, the, the first thing to do is really understand the difference between Web 1 versus Web 2 versus Web 3. Web 1 is the AOL prodigy dial-up, see, the start of the internet, right? We were just consuming. We were just looking at the screen and we were taking stuff in. Web 2 is, is where we are right now which is create, the creator economy, the TikToks, the Instagrams of the world, Facebook coming out there where people are creating stuff. Web three, which we're moving into is ownership. People own their digital assets and they can monetize them. Not the same as a TikToker monetizing. This is my asset, I own it, and I can monetize on it. So there's a big difference there. So that's what we're really moving into in this world. And obviously with a, a new wave of technology and tools, new companies emerging, there's gonna be some new hiring practices. I Immediately, I think, and that, that was a fantastic description, by the way. It so was fantastic. I, I like simple, Never done concise. That no, it was fantastic. So all the all the talking you do or all the talks you've given definitely help you dial that in. Um, I think for me, the way that I observe it is that Web3 has definitely got a, a better community vibe going um, than Web2 did initially. I think we had community. It's kind of like the the forefront of it with like the Facebooks and Instagrams, right? And LinkedIn. Um but do you see the same thing where like it's very community driven in terms of like the things like DAOs, which again, it could have value. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the ethos of it too. Like at, at its core, it's really about abundancy and collaboration over competition. And, and they're more than just buzzwords. I mean, obviously there's the rug pulls and the shenanigans and scams that happen there, but at its core, that's really what it is. And that's what I'm seeing from a, a team building, a hiring uh, perspective and, and community is an interesting one. Cause that's another word that gets thrown around a lot, right? Yeah. Just cause your product or brand has a discord. Does that mean it's a community? No, it's really what that community is doing. And it could be 
you know, like the V Friends community, Gary V's project with 300,000 people in the Discord or a small Discord with 25 people. It's about their engagement, their level of activity, and the value that they're bringing and the value that a project is giving. I think it's also important to understand what Web3 is, right? What it's comprised of, right? It's, it's, it's not just, you know, Web3 is this big kind of headline, but within that it's blockchain, which is the technology that everything's on. And within the blockchain, there's NFTs and there's crypto and DeFi and CeFi, all things that I am not an expert in. And I always like to say, like, I know more than 99% of the population about this, but within this world, I'm a minority. I mean, I am a, a year and a half into this. I'm learning every single day. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. I've learned more in the last 18 months about this particular subject and area than I have about anything in my entire life put together. That's awesome. And I had to deep dive into it because this is my business and this is what I'm doubling down on and why I created a second company with my co-founder, Kevin. And I was like, if I'm building a recruitment company in Web3, I have to know this stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I want to know, what are you seeing? Um, what are the recruiting practices that are different? I mean, tell us the differences between you know, Web2 and, and Web3. So we have to break it down between the, the candidates and the clients. And by clients, I mean the, the hiring companies, the brands. So first and foremost, you have Web2 companies that have Web3 roles. And you're going to recruit from a traditional standpoint on, on the methods of the way we do it. But you're looking for different candidates, which mm -hmm. apply to Web3, different skill sets too. Some of these candidates are, well, let's, let's talk about Web2 companies. Um, let's just take like a, a MasterCard, for example. They are at the forefront of, of Web3 and NFT uh, innovation. And we're going to see it. Every major transaction that you make in the next few years is going to live on the blockchain. Every sporting event, concert, ticket, um, mortgages, deeds for your houses, car rental, it's all going to live on the blockchain, which is immutable. So you're able to track it and trace it. So you have all these Web2 companies that are moving into the space. Different than a native Web3 company, which is starting off in the Web3 space. So Going back to those Web2 companies in the hiring process, they are looking for candidates. It's interesting that we're seeing because they want candidates who have the skills, the experience, the aptitude, and the attitude for the Web3 stuff, but they still have to have a handful of those Web2 skills and also be able to operate in, a, in some of these large matrix organizations. So it's the hard skills, the soft skills. Those are really interesting hires. Mm -hmm. Those are the hybrids versus, versus these purebred native Web3 candidates who... We're seeing a lot of these companies um, ever since the pandemic, we are now decentralized where roles could be global. Teams right. are global, dispersed across the world, working, they, they call it um, following the sun, right? So the teams from an hour's perspective are following the sun across the world and companies now could be 24 hours a day and figuring out how to communicate internally, how to pass along a task or a role to somebody else and ensuring that seamless communication. So from a recruitment perspective, we're opening up to global hiring. For the first time in my career, I'm making hires out of North America. We just hired a, a lady out of Portugal, our first email, you know, European hire, which is cool for me after eight years in the business. So that, that's one of the things that we're seeing there. And also, let's talk about Web3 candidates. Uh, let me pause for a second. Any, any thoughts on Web2 versus Web3 brands? No, I, I mean, I just think it's fascinating this. Um, and I was reading this morning, um, you know, this future of work. And um, I tend to lean more into futurists as it pertains to work and remote work and those types of things, because I don't think that's going away. I know there's a lot of noise from big corporations saying, no, we're going back in the office. And I, I just I think that, you know, we can't uncrack that egg. Yeah. And 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 I think that, you know, as we continue to add more technology, apply more technology, you know, that the skill sets naturally gonna naturally gonna change. Of course. Our methodologies are naturally <laughs> gonna change. But we're a very change resistant industry. Yeah. Um, which is this dichotomy, you know, this this 
it's this, I don't know, this contradiction, um, which we shouldn't be that way, which is what we're evangelizing, right? We're trying to say, no, 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 you need to wake up and eat change for breakfast. It's hard Um, hard to shove that down a client's throat. It's really hard. Um, So I I just love the fact that you are evangelizing this message of changing methodologies to stay agile, to stay relevant, to to. stay visible. Two things stood out to me, um, Paz, is one, you're the early, you're the early, uh, yeah, you're going to be the, not the early adopter, but you're going to be like the early market, right? So, Hopefully. So for Web3, which is cool. Uh, second, I work for a company that follows the sun. So we have offices in Australia, the UK, and you the get US. It. So it's fun. Like, I think today I have a call with our director, our COO, who is in Australia in Sydney. And then our founders are in town in Miami, but normally they're in London. So and my boss, like my director, like boss sits in London and I have a coworker who is in mountain time. So, or, crazy. you know, in Pacific time. Try scheduling um, interviews. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's super fun. Uh, I don't think, I think if they do get hired in the U.S., they don't normally talk to the COO in Sydney, but they talk to everybody else in the U.K. Um, but yeah, it is super it is super fun trying to get things organized. So, so let's 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 riff on that for a moment there. And we talk yeah. about complexities of these Web three organizations that are global. Scheduling is, I mean, like the day to day in the grind, scheduling in the trenches has been a pain in the ass with a lot of these companies. You have somebody who is in Pacific time trying to schedule with somebody who is in London. That's a hell of a time zone. Having someone who's in Dubai schedule with somebody who's in 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 Mountain time is awful, right? And you have to you have to do that. And the whole concept of Web3, these are decentralized organizations. Sometimes, you know, even from a contract standpoint, I'm like, what address should I put on a freaking contract? And they don't even have an address. And someone's giving me their home address. So there's a lot of complexities. And some of them operate as a DAO, which we talked about, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. Like you think about like, how do you operate within that world? And you're also working with a lot of companies that are, and this applies to Web2, that are startups that don't have clearly defined processes, procedures. So that's another thing you got to work with candidates, especially if they're looking to pull candidates from a larger traditional company who are expecting certain things. The other really interesting piece, and this is a big one, is a lot of these companies are either looking for fractional employees or people that are contractors freelance. We, now, yeah. it's hard to take someone who's full-time and ask them to go contract freelance. But the interesting thing that we're seeing is a lot of the folks that are native Web3, they're like, I would love to work 75% of that annual salary and 75% of that time. So I could continue to build my side hustles, my other passions. And that compensation, cool. a lot, like those are really interesting things. I mean, we haven't seen that be widespread yet, but those are a couple of the aha moments. I said, that is the future. We talk about the future of work. It's truly fractionalizing uh, to monetize your time. Right? Like, I could not agree. So cool. When you look cool. at the generational requirements, you know, you look mm-hmm. at Gen Z who've already figured out that, you know, the average millionaire has seven strands of income, right? And so um, I, I think that what Gen Z and, and millennials are figuring out, though, is that they can negotiate well enough for themselves to have multiple streams of income. So this, mm-hmm. this idea, I mean, I think you're, you're seeing a ton, I mean, the gig economy, right? So right. there's the economy where we have, what, 47% of the workforce that is partaking um, you know, is is participating in that sort of fractionalized work because they want control of mm-hmm. their own world. They want to do more of what brings them joy, less of what doesn't. And what they have determined is that they can 
you know, set up these consultants, uh, you know, business frameworks, right. businesses to do the things that they love and only that. And then, and so you've got these fractional roles, but then uh, as Heather McGowan gave this amazing keynote where in the middle of the bullseye, this pre-COVID was the job in the middle of the bullseye, the Find entire everything. universe centered around the job. Now it's the person. And the job is rotating around the person. Mm -hmm. And I love this mentality that we're moving towards. And I think all that technology is doing is enabling, you know, people to be in control of their own destiny, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. People are following their passions. And, and that's what's kind of cool about the Web3 space, too, because within it, there's so many subsets and, and, and passions. And that's really what's coming out um, when we talk to candidates. And it's fascinating. I mean, I'm learning every day. And what I do in recruiting is I, I reverse engineer. If there's a role I don't know, I interview the candidate to understand like if it's a new role in Web3 and I am able to like loosely identify them based on their profile. When I get them on the phone or on a Zoom, I'm able to talk to them about their role, their day-to-day, -day, what they work on. The other really important thing that we need to do as recruiters is guess what? A lot of these folks aren't living on LinkedIn. You can't use your own LinkedIn recruiter tactics to source and recruit them. You have to be in the discords, the, the, you know, the GitHubs, the Twitter spaces out there on Twitter because um, that's where they are. Right. And the other idea is empowering, going back to what you said before, um, Rob is empowering a community. One of our early clients that we worked with when we moved into the Web3 space, um, they had a role. And we said, why are we working harder and not smarter? We went into their Discord. We talked about the role. These are the people that love and evangelize the brand. And the referrals that we got from their own community fueled the hire for that role. It's amazing. Yeah, and no, I, the way our model, sorry, the, the way our model works, I don't do contingency recruiting. We are all consultancy retainer recruiters. We get paid for the outcome and the hours. I like that too. Yeah. So many, so many things there. Number one, the fractional piece, we've definitely heard in a lot of the predictions for the year. Uh, and I think the way that you described it from Web3, like, and Lauren, you know, talking about the person, not the job. Uh, that's pretty cool. I think, you know, we talked about like Gen Zers uh, being pretty loyal, right? Um, but maybe that that's not going to stand. Loyalty's yeah. out the window. Yeah. Um, so I think that at, you know, if we're talking about culture and future of work, you really have to be flexible almost like in, and what you said, Lauren, even in 2022, we talked about this outcome project, like you just said, Adam, Lauren was talking about this last year with us. Like, let's stop worrying about the job and start worrying about the outcome and paying people for the outcome. Outcome versus hours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I keep hearing this disassociate yourself from the outcome. And I say, I mean, I, I, I get the concept, but I, I think it's a little misguided in that I think it's all going to be about outcomes, not how you get there. You know, as a, as a leader, when I managed, you know, many people and had many subordinates, um, I did not care about how somebody got there, which caused a ton of controversy sure. and, and because of corporate bureaucracy and garbage and this misnomer that you have mm -hmm. to do something a certain way, which drives me crazy because I never thought that. I thought that, you know, the way that I'm going to do it, I may zigzag. You it's may go non straight. Non-linear. Non-linear careers, non-linear backgrounds. That's yeah. what Web3 is all about. And we have to open up our mind to that as leaders, as communities, as as all of that, that not everybody is going to have a straight line to to that destination. And we have to be more concerned with what what is it that we're looking to accomplish which means we have to have clarity of purpose, which is more work on the part of the employer, which oftentimes they don't take that time to go, what's the clarity of outcome? They're simply trying to, you know, stuff a body in a role 
um, as opposed to go, what, what do I want this role to do? What's, you know, what's its combined influence with the rest of the organization? What's its piece of the pie? Um, and then determine, do I have the right fit? I've often thought, I, I used to tell my recruiters, take the job off the table and just have a conversation with somebody. Exactly. Please. Yeah. yeah. Please. Like, you got to like who you're working with because their values are going to be a part of the organization that you're going to be joining. Well, let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about that for a moment and, and, and the word culture, how we're redefining what the word culture means. You know, previously, pre-pandemic, culture was defined of what it would like to actually work in a physical office. It was the vibe, the people, uh, you know, every Thursday we have happy hour and ping pong and cold brew and sit on the beanbakers. No, that's all out the window. You know, what folks are looking for now is culture is, am I going to be, how am I going to be valued within an organization? Are my passions and voice going to be listened to? Mm -hmm. And do I have a clear career path and trajectory? And is that, you know, radical, open candor, you know, continuous conversation? That's what it's about. And is my company going to be able to support me wherever I am? You know, and that comes down to flexibility, giving people a choice and options and trust. 84% of candidates in 2022, in a survey of, I think, and yes, small group of people, 40,000 people, 84% uh, value flexibility over anything. 100%. Uh, which I, I think is, is it, it always drives me bananas when we hear statistics like that and yet you see this. No one doing anything about it. In the media, uh, well, going back face to face. And I'm like, yeah, but, that, but you're not listening. <laughs> well, you do have to remember that 72% of statistics are all made up. Yes. Well, it's actually 97%. That's, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'm glad you got the joke in there. I never turned down. Um, a, I was, was going to hit a Ron Burgundy quote, but I just, <laughs> I, I got, yeah. Lauren jumped over me. Works 60% of the time. All the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, exactly. It's like, what's, what's going to be newsworthy and buzzworthy? I mean, you take a look at the, at the LinkedIn yeah, news drop. feed, right? You take a look at the LinkedIn news feed, which is doom and gloom. I wish I could just get that off of my thing. I mean, if I want news, I'll go to, you know, the news sites. I don't want to look at that. It's all, it's all negative, but you know, you also see or don't see certain things being reported there. Like, LinkedIn laying off a large percentage, uh, not a large percentage. They, they made some cutbacks too. parent company, Microsoft making cutbacks too. And maybe they didn't do some of their layoffs the right way or some women who are on maternity leave getting laid off, you know, certain things are leaving out there. So be careful what your sources are. Yes. Yeah. You, you've got to have diversity in information, in the information that you're reading. Um, you know, I try and look at, at all different vantage points so that I, I cause somewhere in the middle is the truth. Somewhere in the middle, is right. people try and be moderate um, on 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 most topics uh, because there's just so much extremism when you know in in 100%. that and and well, it, it sells right. We're, flash we're, things. We're yeah, trying to sell things. Flash headlines that you know uh, invoke fear. They drive me crazy um, be, because oftentimes you know we don't need to be fearful, but for whatever reason we just love to you know riff off of fear. Um, you know, uh, that sort of impactful headline. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, I think it's dangerous. I, I don't, I don't, I don't love it. No. Um, but you brought up a great thing. 2023, we have not gotten off on the right foot here. 2023. Yeah, we're Come working on. on it. We're working <laughs> on it. We are, we are, we're definitely working on it there. You know, it's, um, it's, it was a slow start to the year from a recruiting perspective, but that's another thing you talk about, like the, like we see the headlines about the big tech layoffs. So there's two things that are missing there in that part of the conversation. One is context of how much inflation hiring and binge hiring there was. And if you look at the percentage of the layoffs versus the hires in the last few years, 
it's really, and I, I'm trying to say this with empathy and care for the folks that got laid off. It's not that bad. Like the numbers aren't as bad as they, as they and, and that's being extremely sensitive to the folks who lost their jobs. You have to look at that. Right. You, know, you have to look at the other piece too is what sectors, logistics, transportation, these are thriving. Do you know there's such a, a, a shortage of accountants in this country? Yes. Right? There's, there's sectors that are booming. So you have to look at the full picture. You can't just say just because tech is laying off, that means that the whole, you're going to throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater. You have to look at the big picture. Well, solar tech came in and, right. and hired much of that talent. I think you're 100% right. We did not. And Tom Gimbel got on uh, Fox News and gave this great, you know, we need to stop the the world is on fire. The sky is falling because there was significant hiring bloat uh, to your mm -hmm. point that went on during the pandemic. Um, and rightfully so. It was justified. It was needed. The demand was there. Um, however, at some point, we were going to have to write the ship. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not being, it's, yeah, it, it's not being, I, 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 again, to your point, I don't want to be insensitive. And I, we've both publicly offered help and support. I'm working with three candidates, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of love out there for candidates that have been laid off and resources out there. And if you have been laid off, don't, you know, feel free to reach out. But uh, there was a recalibration that had mm. to happen. It's a, it's a great, it's a, I call it the great recalibration. And that comes down to salaries too. We yeah. saw it in the first, in that middle year. I can't believe we're almost at three years of this pandemic, right? Um, that, that middle year, that 2021 year where we saw insane inflated salaries in tech and in recruiters too. Yeah. And that goes back to the cycle of recruiters, how companies screw this up all the time. Instead of, instead of like reskilling and retraining recruiters, they lay them off. If someone is good as recruiter skills, you could use them in other places in your company. So when you're ready to hire again, you shift them back into recruiting. You don't lose a valuable employee who has all that IP, who has all that knowledge. Because guess what's going to happen in six months from now, eight months from now? You're going to go back and you're going to rehire all these recruiters. You got to retrain them. They got to understand your company. It's stupid. It's short-sighted. Uh, it is so stupid. Every time. I'm like, every, why are you hiring? And then we're going to come into the uh, every time, and then we're going to go well, with the talent shortage. Yeah. yeah. What, dummy? You did yeah. it to yourself. Well, I love, I love this. It's, it's your point, right? It's like the recruiter could go and like be a business analyst for uh, in all the different parts of the business, like the mm -hmm. best ones. Because guess what? When they go back to recruiting, they're going to know what to talk about. Yeah. Like, there's just so much value in a recruit. And, and like, I said, same about marketing too. I like, you know, I say like, why do you, why do you fire the, the people who can do more with less? You know, like I'm a salesperson, so that would hurt me. But like, if you could, if you could talk to effectively talk to a bigger audience to drive sales, there's an entire industry built on inbound sales that requires zero salespeople. But you're telling me the first people you're going to fire right. is your marketing team or most of your marketing. Like it is it so backwards. It's it, well, the two, the two departments that get hit the most are training and marketing, you mm -hmm. know, when, when we have a downturn and then, and then IT, those are usually the three that get hit the most when we have these downturns, which are the most valuable when we are in the, you know, when you do see, see, see things softening. And I, I, I'm like you, I, I was able to use technology to eliminate 12 positions back, back in the day. What did, did I eliminate those positions? No, I repurposed them and put them towards revenue generating front right. seat activity because I wanted people talking to people and technology doing what technology is supposed to do. And that's redundant, um, you know, right. type, of, type of task, you know, people on relationships, technology on repetition. 
And um, I, I, I agree. We are so short-sighted when it comes to, okay, we're going to have to lay off. Do you have to lay off though? Like, let's really ask that question. Let's ask that. How does that affect the the bottom line? And let's let, well, there's two things within that to unpack and, and people don't want to look at, yes, so many, so many good A players were let go. But companies also use this as an opportunity to trim the fat. Let's be real about this. Yeah. No one wants to hear this. Not everyone can be an A player in an organization. And yes, there are B and C players who are not managed or coached properly. But let's be real. Some people just suck at their job. I mean, I sucked at my job. I got let go from a couple of jobs early because I wasn't great at it. But it took me until now to where I am now in my life to harness my passion, to double down on my strengths and to be great where I'm at. But I also know there's certain things that I'm not an A player at. And I bring in those A players and that elevates me to being an A player because I mm. know where to outsource. But one thing I want to I want to go back to with the with the with the hiring and 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 the and the recruiter thing, it's counterintuitive. Going back to what you were saying before, it's counterintuitive because these are the folks who 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 know the industry, who mm -hmm. know your company, and you could use them to to pipeline and do other things too. The hottest profession I see in our in our world and is this emergence of the HRBP, the HR business partner, because you're combining someone who truly understands your business, who understands HR practices, and if you throw a freaking recruiter skill set on that, that is a dangerous mofo out there that's what you yeah, want in your company I, I think you want a swiss bullhorn army did. knife yeah i think yeah. that's what bullhorn did with kelly and that's what kelly has risen like kelly morse at bullhorn adam is uh, is an hr business partner like she's they're tied into the business like yeah every part of it yeah. they are the linchpin and they understand the finances and the budgets they know where they know billing like let's talk about an ad industry like uh, hrbp and in, in an advertising agency they understand the margins they understand the client dynamics they understand the spending and, and the hourly rate of different people on the team. So they could really come in and understand a staffing plan and do projections and work with the day-to-day -day recruiters and, and give that knowledge and really be that, that, that gateway that's necessary. Well, and I, that's a really great point because I think traditional, traditionally in staffing, people have looked at HR as like human roadblock. Um, and that's just not the way of the world anymore. They, they, you know, when you're looking for buying influences within an organization, your HR director or influencer mm -hmm. can be your coach, the coach that you need to get in. Remember, we're always looking for that coach that's the advocate for mm -hmm. you, what you do and how you do it. And so when you're looking for the buying influence, the, the operating influence, and then that, you know, human influence, that HR person can absolutely be that person. And I think gone are the days where we have more traditional sort of human roadblock AHR going on because it's at HR, HRBT, as you so say. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the concept that you're recruiting and HR are not profit generators, revenue, you know, profit oh, centers. Are you certain. kidding me? Right. We're the, we're the people bringing in the people, people are everything within your organization. Of course, we're a revenue generator. If we're bringing in someone who's going to, you know, two, three X their salary in sales or revenue commission, whatever it is, how are we not generating revenue? Never right. made sense to me. Yeah. Just because you can't yeah. bill me out, it's bullshit. Right. Well, you can if you put some thought and process behind it. So right. you, to bring this whole thing full circle and talk about business process um, and ensuring that we have, uh, you know, that whole clarity of purpose, mm -hmm. um, you, you can you can manage ROI in any department if you have clear direction mm -hmm. of output and desired outcome. I don't care. I don't exactly. care. I'm with you. Out <laughs> of oh. any uh, kind of any other uh, things you're seeing in 2023 from a trend perspective, uh, just it's a slow play right now. It's a slow play. A lot of people are just waiting to see what's happening in the market. They're following the interest rate that's dictating a lot of thing. Uh, you know, debt. You know, money was cheap for the last couple of years. 
Money yeah. is not cheap right now. We can't be throwing salaries around. That's one thing that we're seeing. Um, lateral moves, uh, folks that are out of work, um, making lateral moves compensation-wise. I think understanding the concept that you might have to take two steps back to move forward. That's a big one. That's a tough conversation I'm having with a lot of candidates. I'm having a lot of pivot conversations where folks are seeing on the writing on the wall for whatever reasons in their industry where, guess what? I'm at a certain level, a certain age where shit, sorry, I don't have a curse on your show. Like my role may not be here at the next level or iteration of it moving forward in the future. Where else could I take my skills and do something else? And that takes a lot of self-awareness and humility to say, all right, let's pause for a second. Let's do, let's look in the mirror and say, here's the current situation. My job is not here in any organization moving forward. Do I panic or do I hit the pause reset button and figure out what I need to do to continue to put food on the table? YouTube well, University. Real combos. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, well, and it's be your own best advocate because, you know, I'll tell you, we made up the VP of talent technology, right? Because there were no digital transformation uh, roles out there. So if you've, if you have a uh, really specific skill set or really specific output um, for an organization, yeah, I, the one thing that I will say is as new roles emerge, if, if you feel like you have something, um, put some structure, put some goals, put some, because now you're seeing all these digital transformation roles, mm -hmm. digital transformation officer, uh, digital transformation strategist, you're seeing more of these technology strategic um, roles where, you know, you're having to, you have a, a person that's managing all of that technology. And I think that, uh, you know, as we continue to innovate, right, our positions are going to evolve. So mm -hmm. you've got something there that is applicable to sort of long-term sustainable and you can create a repeatable role. I think we've got to wrap um, some structure around it. Exactly. Uh, well, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it is. It'd be super fun to watch. Okay, so you're gonna we wrap this up, Laura. Oh, go ahead. we're gonna wrap this up, but I need to get your. I, I need to hear from from the applause on this. Um, okay, we've got Rob and I just love to cover these things. Quiet quitting, quiet firing. Our latest one, resenteeism. What the hell is that? I've never, I've never heard that. That's just people just being pissed off, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm over those. I'm over those buzzwords and, and they're they're just made up, right? They need Me headlines. Too. There's yeah. writers, there's really good writers out there. And now we have AI coming in. A lot of, a lot of good writers are gonna be out of work. Well, well, I, could use, yeah. I could use those to write emails. Yeah. yeah. Or my show notes for these things. Yeah, I mean Jasper, I'm just gonna put it out there. I keep talking about Jasper. Obviously, I'm a huge chat GPT fan. I'm here for Bird whenever Google mm -hmm. gets its shit together. Right. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, Jasper excites me from a copy perspective. I, I, cool. I, I'm starting to see a trend though. I definitely can tell when AI has been applied from a writing perspective, cause I am a creative writer. So, um, there's I, I'm human nuances that are missing. There are definitely human nuances that are tone. missing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good on tone, but, but, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but anyway, okay. Well, I, I needed to know that you also, like Rob and I, hated all of these quiet quitting, quiet firing, quiet she, managing. Lauren hiring. sends me these things and I'm like, can we not talk about that again? <laughs> quiet, like, quiet. It's not always. a real thing, Lauren. Leave me so alone. Because people get all wrapped around the axle about, you people know, now. quiet quitting for years. It's called, yeah. it's called, it's called, it's called, called phoning it in. Aggressiveness. It's called well, phoning it's, it in. Well, it's called doing a job you're not passionate about. Yeah. Like, let's, no. let's I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's always entertaining. Ah, this has been so awesome. So thank yes. you so much.
for coming, Pleasure. chatting all things Web 2, Web 3, Web 1, informing um, our listeners. We love teaching. We love talking about this stuff. So it's just, it's so exciting to talk with a, um, another innovator in the space. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. So guys, you can catch Adam, uh, obviously on LinkedIn. He has the podcast. And, um, and a new one coming now. Yeah. Do you want to say, you want to give a plug for your new one? Next yeah. A new show. I don't know when this is going to air, but we're dropping the new show. It's all Web 3 with my co-founder, Probably Nothing Talent. Uh, Kevin Logan Jr. at the helm. I'm the sidekick. It's called The Immutable Mindset. It'll be available starting February 24th on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. I will I check, it. check it out, guys. And, and great radio voice, Adam. So I appreciate yes. that. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the You Own the Experience podcast. You can catch all our previous episodes at whyweepodcast.com and learn more about our thriving staffing community by signing up for the Wiley newsletter. And coming soon is Staffing Huddle, an online open community dedicated to your staffing success. I'm Rob. And I'm Lauren. Go do something good. Bye, guys.